This is the Mr. Self Tape Interviews for actors, made by actors. Hello and uh, welcome back to um, the Mr. Self Tape Interviews where I interview actors and other epic people. Today I'm interviewing an, another epic person, I'm not interviewing an actor, um, as it were, although I believe most people could be actors if they wanted to. But I'm here with um, Mr. Thomas Pink. Hello and, and welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. It's an absolute joy and a pleasure. Um, I'm going to throw this podcast into the mix. I'm not giving you an episode number, I'm just giving you, this is like a special guest appearance oh. from um, Mr. Tom Pink. Plus you do need some more men. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pretty gal heavy. It's, uh, we like the ladies. We love the ladies, but um, it's nice to have a, some more dulcet tones as it were. Um, so thanks, Tom, so much for coming on the show. No problem. Um, I'm a big fan of the band that you're in, mm -hmm. Flight Brigade, and a lot of people probably might know by now that I am a big fan of Flight Brigade because I often, whilst doing my live kind of broadcast, will be playing your music in the background. Um, it's a bit sad, really. Um, but probably not for so. you. Maybe that's a good thing for you guys. Um, I, I find it encouraging that someone likes... Likes the music enough to be sad about it. Ah, oh, well, I'm not sad about it. I, I know I am. No, no, no. I'll I'll stick with. Yeah, I am. Um, but <laughs> so tell, tell us, Tom, you are a guitarist. Mm -hmm. But there's more to you than that, isn't there? What else do you do, Tom? Well, do you mean musically or? Oh, lots of different in things. General life. In general but life. To be honest, I don't do a lot more than music. I don't. Okay. I don't really have any other hobbies. Music is your love and passion and drive and... It's my partly. only one, okay. so by default it's my Wonderful. one true love, apart from obviously... Your... Lovely wife. Lovely wife. Um, who is very lovely. Big shout out to Laura. I don't know what that means. Um, she's going to listen to this. I hope so. Yeah, she will. Um, so I also... Compose. That was my. Oh. I did a degree in composition. Lovely. What um, kind of things do you compose? Well, I've done a lot of soundtracks. Nice. Some short films, oh. um, which means, in terms of asking, like, what style do you do? It, yeah. It's usually whatever the brief requires. Right. So you. So this is your kind of day job, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, but and, still a passion. And teaching guitar. Yeah. It? Lovely. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. And he's a great guitar teacher. If you need a guitar teacher, he's right here in London. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Um, yeah, so uh, some composing and sound design. Lovely. Which is um, something people know less about. But is no, I don't think, no less important to making movies and, sure. and what, things. Break, break down what is sound design. So sound design is... All the sound in films that isn't the dialogue or the okay. music. So like people walking on stuff. People walking. So there's the, there are different branches. But broadly speaking, yeah, it's all the sound of people walking stabbing on things. Stabbing sounds. Oh, sorry. The stabbing sounds, right, okay. gunshots, yeah. the sound of a okay. city oh, wow. in the background. Oh, wow. Um, it's really integral, important stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, it's probably not something a lot of people would think about, but if it wasn't there, you would definitely notice. Yeah, sure. The absence of it. Oh, lovely. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing what it can do for a film. Sure. Good sound. Sure. Uh, in telling a story. And also telling you something about things that perhaps don't even exist. Mm. The famous example being the Terminator 
in Terminator 2, the liquid one. Yes. The T-1000. Yes. Gary Rydstrom was the sound designer on that film. Right. And he couldn't go out and source record a melting robot. Huh. Because there aren't any. Huh. As far as I'm aware. I mean, uh -huh. there might be now. But uh -huh. it certainly wasn't at the time. Uh, so he had to come up with a creative solution. Wow. When people are watching this robot melting and going underneath the door, what is that going to sound like? Yeah, There's sure. no real frame of reference for that other sure. than gloopy melting stuff yeah. that we're aware of wow. in daily life. So um, he actually got a, uh, I think it was a balloon, put it over a microphone and dipped it in a vat of oil. Might have even been a bathtub. Just recorded that sound match it up to the image and then when you watch it you don't think well oh, that sounds like a balloon, a balloon being dips in yeah quite obviously oil. is that you just you just say that's the sound of a melting robot Favorite right there last time of mine actually dipping a balloon in oil in a well bathtub. i like doing that maybe just keep that to yourself I could be a... but, but that's great <laughs> that he and and, and that's a similar story with the lightsaber sounds as well i was gonna right? say yeah ben burt um he's he's, he's uh i mean he, it's just incredible, the creativity mm. and also the musicality of it, because mm. you're really having to think about the intrinsic quality of sounds. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, what would a laser sword really sound like? <laughs> and what in my what in my experience would equate to what I believe that could possibly sound like? And how on earth technically do I achieve that? Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, that is extreme creativity. And yeah. the, mu the musicality, as I said, of just trying to think about the quality of the sound, yeah. the emotional power of the sound. Um, how, what, how that affects the listener. You know, that's, that's very musical, I think. Oh, indeed, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, sound design is a, is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Have you got something that you've kind of created that you don't think anybody's heard yet? Or is it something that you'd love to kind of, like, somebody came to you, like George Lucas came to you and said, right, done with Star Wars. Mm. Um, I'm now going to do, I don't know, a wild... Way. I'm creating a new genre, all right? And I need some... I need, I need a sound for my new... Like lightsaber, but it's not a lightsaber. It's a um, it's an orb of energy that that kind of sucks people's soul or something like that. Not that that's not been done before. <laughs> I've seen it in, anyway. But say something like that. Have yeah. you got anything like that? I mean, I guess we're both probably thinking of sounds that could suggest the glowing orb. Sure. And that's kind of the that's the, that's the trick. It's like if someone says, you know write a sad song, you're probably going to think of some sad sounding music in sure. your head that might fit the bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not a dissimilar process, really. Okay. Um, it's also, I think, really incredibly hard. Yeah. And another reason why someone like Ben Burt is just incredible is that they actually, not only did they come up with these ideas, but then they did it in such a way that technically it just comes off. Sure. It just works. Yeah. You know, there's an, he, you know, splice together the sound of an elephant and some telephone wires with wind going over it and that becomes a TIE fighter. Goodness me. I mean, how do you make that work? Yeah. I mean, at some point you must have sitting there listening to elephant trumpet blast <laughs> number 128 just thinking, what, what am I doing? How, how do I do this? You know, that takes, yeah. uh, takes I don't know, it takes guts. Sure. Or he just knew straight away. He did, maybe just had a library of elephant sounds just ready to go. And you just need 504. There That's we the go. One. That's it. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah. So, could you, I mean, this, so the animal sounds in the animal world, you know, are still could be utilised by oh, sound designers. Animal, animal sounds are huge. I mean, films like Jurassic Park yeah, yeah. just couldn't be made 
sound-wise. So it's not somebody going, Sometimes. Okay. Like, I, I, I know that for, um, there's a computer game called The Last of Us. Uh-huh. It's an amazing game. Never played mm. it, but um, doing some motion, motion capture stuff, that was kind of the, the pinnacle, or like a, yeah. a seminal kind of like mm. game for the motion capture industry. It is an incredible game. And the sure. music is, is um, some next level stuff. Oh, wow. But the, the sound's brilliant as well. And yeah, the monsters on that are actually, they got actors in and just said things like, think of like not having a throat anymore and what sound oh, would that right, make? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This kind of stuff, nice. um, better than that, and uh, and yeah, and then they know. take it and then they apply it to the images, and you, it sells the image to you because sure. we, we we sort of primarily perceive things visually, yes. and then the sound informs what you're hearing. So yeah. often we I have a lot of conversations with people about giving things weight. Sure, sure. And good sound makes things feel physical. Sure, makes visual things, yeah. you know, on a two D screen, maybe yeah. maybe three D if you're lucky, feel heavy, like they have a genuine physical weight and shape and movement and mass to them. And you can, uh, it's it's really clear if you can just A and B something, yeah. playing a sequence in silence yeah. and then some good sound design to it. And suddenly that, that object in it, you almost feel like you've got a physical connection to it in a way you didn't before. And that's, I think that's because the, the, yeah, the sound informs the image in such a yeah. way that's, that your brain loves. Because Amazing. that's that's what we do in daily life. Because imagine if you uh, you see something and you can't hear it, and that's that's quite a regular thing. Sometimes you see something in the distance, but imagine that flipped. Imagine if you hear something and you can't see it, mm. and how disconcerting that is. Mm, mm. So if you're lying in bed and you hear something you don't know what it is, mm. you will just think, "What is that? What sure, is that?" Sure. And as soon as you realise that, oh, that's a couple of foxes going at it, or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's a relief. Sure. Now I can now I can rest easy. Very interesting. Um, so that that I've got a question there. Then, Do you, in terms of for those who are visually impaired, and hopefully I've got some guys who who are listening to this podcast who are visually impaired. Mm-hmm. Like, have you thought about that in terms of how you kind of create a story for? Because there's there's audio books and, and 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 lovely radio plays and and things like that. But in terms of like sound design, is there anything? Mm-hmm you would necessarily want to change or specifically develop or adapt for those who can't see? Uh, to be honest, it's not something I've had to do. Sure. Um, but I think the the ability to tell stories with sound mm. is very powerful and very mm. underrated. Sure. And, um, you know, musically, that's what you're trying to do with someone is yeah. take them on a journey. Yeah. If you're writing a piece of music in mm. whatever journey it might be, mm. um, you know, you start in one place, you you go to, you go somewhere else, and then you arrive back in the place you started, or maybe somewhere slightly different, but very much uh, emotionally and just orally, you've gone from mm. one place to another, mm. maybe to another, maybe to a whole load of others. Yeah. You know, one place and that, you know that. That should always be the goal mm. with anything in, in a medium which requires sound is that there is a there is a narrative there. Mm. I mean, there, I guess the challenge is with some some things there isn't a huge story to tell. You sure, know, you know, and you, get, and, um, you know, if you have scenes in films where people are just say in a very quiet room in Twickenham, 
talking to each other. Yeah. You know, there's, there's not a lot perhaps orally you can do no, sure. to that, apart from maybe, you know, some planes going by and some... <laughs> Um, little children in little, the background screaming their heads off yeah coming back from school I hope you just didn't hear my burp you might have smelt it and I'm very sorry um, I, I had actually... some sort of strange chicken thing before we met um, oh. oh good I'm glad you didn't smell it I, We're clearly not I mean I had no awareness before you brought it up and now that's all oh, I can good. think about good uh, <laughs> great so there is this storytelling aspect to, to sound design stuff like that mm. if there was a film that you wish that you'd like, oh, I wish I'd done that. Like, for one, for me, that sticks out is, is Blade Runner. Blade Runner is a classic kind of like, how, wow, what, so were, what, were, what was somebody doing or probably smoking at that time mm. to kind of, hopefully you weren't, but like, that's creativity. I mean, mm. you've got, um, who was the composer for that? Um, Vangelis. Uh, Vangelis, yeah. Vangelis. 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 One of the, one of those, Vangelis, because he did a lot. He did the the, the orchestra stuff, as it were. Yeah, the, um, on on synths. Synth. Um, but there must have been a sound designer for all the other bits, like the the whirring of the the, the electrical vehicles and stuff like that. Yeah. And to my shame, I can't recall who the sound designer was. But yeah, of course, you mm. know, we don't have a reference for flying cars. No. You can't go out and source record it. So no. someone had to come up with it. Yeah. You know and. I, I, doubt, I mean, I've certainly never sat down and thought, why did they use a Hoover when that, when that <laughs> flying car went by? Why am yeah, I hearing yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It just works. They yeah. just sell it to you and it just yeah, makes yeah. the image feel yeah. real. Yeah. Uh, a film, oh, I don't know. There's just so many. I mean, fantasy epics or sci fi. I mean, sci fi for I mean, me I is think, the one that stands out. I'm thinking of, like, of actually like, like Wally by Pixar. Great, yeah. Because I love the vocalizations in it. Yeah. There's something. You, you both get that the, you know, the, the, certainly the robots in it mm, mm. Are, have feelings, but they're very, de they're very much coming from a, yeah. you know, digital brain kind yeah, of place. Yeah. But for some reason, you just feel this yeah, incredible yeah. emotional and that a lot connection to it. The, the story's told through the sound, then, right? Absolutely, yeah. The yeah. first 20 minutes, you know, there's, yeah. no, there's no dialogue. Some sorts of to that effect. I was going to say, actually, a minute ago, mm. was that the Pixar shorts that we see often are without vocals mm -hmm. you know they, they, these are stories told through the, the visual element and and through the sound yeah yeah um, and the music and the sound are very much you know telling you the story I and mean, there's a famous uh, alfred hitchcock quote that uh -huh. he gets a film 60 percent of the way and bernard herman the composer for a lot of his films did the other 40 percent of the storytelling sure well absolutely um but yeah i love i love those pixar films i've, I've yeah. been um I love the sound world on Christopher Nolan's films. Very good, yeah. Um, like big, you feel like you're part of yeah. something big. I mean, big, you talk about you? weight. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, all of them, Dunkirk. Right, you know, the I, Batman I films. haven't seen Dunkirk, but oh, I've seen is, is a, all the other ones. If you can, find a way to see it in the cinema. Okay. It's just such a trip. Right. I mean, it sort of starts off, there's no, there's no music at the beginning, and it's, yeah. there's a spattering of sound, and then, as soon as um, the, the protagonist is trying to get onto a boat to get away from Dunkirk, yeah. this kind of ticking music starts. And in, and in the cinema, actually watching it afterwards, I sort of realised it didn't do this, but in the cinema it felt like it started ticking then, mm. just in the music, and then from then on it was just a barrage 
the sound it just came in waves I and mean, it was really just an amazing experience yeah. and then it at the end of the film it just stops you realize that that whole sequence you've been through an hour and 30 minutes or whatever it is yeah. of the action just come to very very acute stop at one point very much yeah. the way it came in and yeah. it's um that kind of stuff just that is i mean that's a great example of telling a story of sound sure, and music sure you know there are bits in the film where the music and the sound design just blend together yeah the music becomes this kind of there's a bit where a, a ship is tipping over was it zimmer yes zimmer, yeah. yeah and again to my shame i don't know the sound designer's name <laughs> hey. people want to know you as a sound designer you've got to know other people no that's true that's true I've got really got a lot of my game. Uh, so the ship's turning over and the music becomes this kind of distorted, thrashy sound, mm. along with all the, you know, the noise of a ship turning over, you know, the, mm. the sound of explosions and water lapping and flooding things. And so it's, you know, that's a lot of white noise and it fits with this distorted music. And mm. it's a real visceral experience. Mm. Like it hits mm. you like a ton of bricks. Mm. Just, mm. Uh, and, and in, as a and, film like that should yeah and of course that's what's happening to the characters so sure. you, you are taking part yeah. in what's happening on screen and so it's just I just found it so powerful especially mm. in the cinema mm. um, so yeah wonderful I love all that but, yeah Jurassic Park I must say for me in terms of the John Williams I think John mm. Williams is probably you know the Don but that he is da, definitely da, the Don da, 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 John Williams is da, da, da. just wrote just you know hairs my neck go up he is just incredible. He really is. I think he's he's often sort of overlooked because he's so well known. Yeah. You know, the music to Superman and Indiana Jones yeah, and yeah. Star Wars yeah. and Close Encounters and Jaws. I mean, yeah. just the list just goes yeah, on yeah. and on and on. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. I mean, yeah. he wrote he wrote that 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 uh, one. He think he wrote the music for the first film, mm -hmm. and one bit of music in that was uh, it's, I think it's called Hedwig's Theme uh -huh. which is the famous bit of music everyone knows and that is that is actually that, I had a student come to me one time just say you know can I play Hedwig's Theme and I was like Hedwig's Theme that's quite specific and he said oh it's Harry Potter music I was like oh oh yeah okay and that's what they used for the rest of the he didn't do music for the rest of the films but oh, I see. it just summed up something about the the magic world of mm, that, that mm, mm. and it's it's both incredibly simple mm. but incredibly clever mm. and just he just hits the nail on the head and his melodies incredibly catchy again simple but then he frames them in such a way that something that really i spent a long time looking at last year was his orchestration and sure. um, you know like i said simple melodies that just cut right to you like, like a simple melody should mm. uh, a good simple melody should just mm go right in into your brain and yeah. stay there yeah uh, but then he decorates it with this just incredible uh, orchestration and and colors from what is I think still just an orchestral sound palette mm -hmm. and it he then frames these melodies in such a way that you know it's several layers of storytelling happening mm. just in the orchestration the melodic writing the harmonic mm. choices he makes to mm. frame the melodies um, it's just wonderful stuff. Mm, mm. Really, really amazing. Mm. Um, and it's a very different school of f film scoring uh, where characters have very discernible, what called motifs. Sure. You know, a little motif. You know, you go through Star Wars and most of the characters have their own theme. Yeah. The Force itself has its own theme. Yeah. Of course, you've got Darth Vader's theme, mm -hmm. the Emperor's theme. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, things like the Ewoks, mm -hmm. Princess Leia, Han and Leia together have mm -hmm. their own theme. Mm -hmm. And of course, when then these characters and locations start mixing, mm -hmm. those themes come together. And if they're in peril, those themes are then transformed into variations of a recognizable melody or put in an uncomfortable place if they're in danger or put in a, a comic place if something comical is happening. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, there's just a whole level to it that is, uh, is telling you such a wonderful story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think for anyone who's been into films since they were a kid, there's just an air of indefinable magic to it. Yeah. You know, her music to Home Alone is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That no, just, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. Yeah. We, we've grown up in a very fortunate era. Mm. And that's exciting. Now, all of that stuff is brilliant, Tom. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But we're still talking a lot about other people here. I want to find out a little bit more about you okay. and your current endeavours as a musician. And I have mentioned Flight Brigade earlier on. Um, you are the guitarist in Flight Brigade. Indeed. How long have you been in this band and what is this band about? And why do you love it? I have been in this band for nine years. Wonderful. Um, what was the other question? There was a lot, actually. Yeah. I wasn't a very good interview. What is technique. it? Was it? What is the band? Um, yeah. What What is the band about? What What is Flight Brigade? Who are Flight Brigade? Well, Flight Brigade is a collection of mates, like mates. most like yeah. most bands. Yeah. But yeah. we we all grew up in the same part of uh, Hampshire, and we all went to the same college at different times. But. Um, it's yeah. It's, it's very much a family affair. Yeah. Uh, Ollie is the lead singer. He's married to Miriam, uh -huh. who is uh, does vocals as well. And then Miriam's sister, Dory, plays violin and sings. And then the bass player is Tom Clay, and he grew up on Ollie, the lead singer's road. Uh, the drummer Neil is my oldest friend from oh, college. Wow. Um, Johnny, keyboard player, grew up in the same village as well, and we just. Um, yeah, we're very, very close knit. Like I'm godfather to Ollie's first kid, and we've all been best men at each other's wedding, and um, yeah, and it just feels you know all our families, tight. friends, we, we are tight. I mean, we holiday together. That's you holiday and yeah. you're a band together. We band and we holiday. That is that is some serious unit. love going on there. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and that's a loud plane. That you're is. Picking up. I am. We are picking that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I gotta. Um, yeah, so you are now recording your second album. Indeed, yeah. How's it going? Good, yeah, it's, it's recorded. We are approaching the end of the mixing phase, yeah. which is, will be a joyous day when that's complete, because <laughs> mixing is... I mean, I'd be interested to hear other people's thoughts on this, but for me, it's by far the least enjoyable. Com comment part. below, comment somewhere if you can. <laughs> can you comment on a podcast? I think you can. Can you? Can you? On people iTunes, can comment. Can. I mean, whether it's you know comes up on a screen is another thing, but they can you know maybe in a review. Oh, I love that Tom Pink interview. Yeah, he was so right about what he was saying about mixing. I hate mixing. Or mixing's amazing. Yeah. Why is he dissing? He's an idiot. It's the best part of the process. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, some people love it and do it for a living, and I think sure. those people are heroes and artists. Mm. Um, it's not in your bag. It it just uh, a good a good mixer, like I said, I think is uh, they're worth their weight in gold, and they sure. are so if they're good at mixing, they are so artistic. Right, it's just so hard, and you could technically got to be brilliant at what you're doing. Right, right, because it's inherently reliant on 
gear, computers, yeah. and yeah. various other things. So, um, so yeah, but we're for better or for worse, we've been mixing the second album with with help from Chris Porter, who's producing it. And that you've got a single though released from it. Two, actually. Two? What? Yeah, I mean, oh, the first Eagles one, Dare. That was a long time ago. Was that? Oh, is that really loud? The plane really loud? No, no, I'm just okay. just looking. Um, Eagles Dare, was that the first? Mm. Oh, that was the first one. Yeah, that was early doors. Oh, to my shame. Very early doors. To my shame, I forgot about that no one. No shame. There's no shame here. Well, but my favourite track so far off that mm -hmm. album has got to be Brainwave. And Great, which is thank you. part of the, the riff to the beginning. The beginning riff is the mm. intro to this. When, how did you dream that up? It's your baby, isn't it? Not no, your baby. No, it's not your baby. So Ollie, Ollie writes all the songs. Oh, Ollie is the is the linchpin, which we all revolve around. Oh, I see. Um, I just had this thought that it was you that came up with that wonderful riff. I mean, I'd love to take credit for it, but um, I really can't. Oh. But I did play it Brilliant. and make it sound badass. Nice, badass. I so, got, I got that. So, just to clarify. Um, so. That I'll take credit for, but no, Ollie, Ollie writes the songs, and thank goodness he does because then um, right. the band would be very different. And I don't <laughs> think it good in any way if any of us, the rest of us, that. tried writing you're songs. Just, like you're just together, them. aren't you? Well, I mean, he is the leader. It's a team were, effort. But, yeah, it's a team, team effort. Team, you team. Know. So, um, well, so that's that's why it works. So yeah. yeah, he writes the songs, and then as a band, we we uh, take take his, his kind of bare bones and arrange it sure, and come sure. up with something that, you know. There's something about being a band that's, that's really amazing is that you can't, you can never recreate the chemistry between individuals. Yeah, yeah. You know, people can write stuff on their own and, yeah. and but you will always come up with something different yeah. when you're with other people because yeah. obviously they bring different experiences and skill sure. sets and sure. ideas. And when it works, a band can really make something amazing that yeah. an individual couldn't. Not saying you know, they're all insanely capable mm, mm. in the band, but um, but I think together there's a real strength in what we do, and I think that's something that can't be recreated or fabricated. Sure. Sure. Um, and that's also why being in a band is amazing, and also why it's hard because you are just with other people. Yeah. And being creative, as, as anyone who's you know tried to pursue creativity will know that. Um, Doing creative things with your friends can be really, really tense. I mean, doing creative things full stop. Sure. Because you inherently put a lot of your own... Yeah. Desires ...yourself and into and it. Yeah, and yeah, you have indeed. goals, you have desires, you have um, tastes, mm. you know, that different. And luckily, we all seem to be pretty much always working towards the same end result, which Tremendous doesn't stuff. just uh, happen all the time to sure. people. So, so it's, it's great, you know, and I'm, yeah. I, just, I just love it. And, you know, everyone is... I feel so fortunate to be mm. playing with mm. six other amazing people. Yeah, big up the flight brigade. So go Indeed. and see them before they're playing stadiums and you can't afford their tickets, is basically what I say. Oh, thanks. Um, Might have a while yet. Well, you never know. Things you never happen know. like that. Things can change really quickly. They really do. Not it's a bit that they have weird. done for the last nine years, but hey, they could. Hey, don't worry about that. <laughs> you just never know. Um, so I'm going to ask a question that I've asked other folks because it's a similar sort of industry in terms of you know you do something for a very long time with not mm. a lot of immediate reward as it were mm. and all that kind of stuff and it's about sticking it out to the end and, and really driving forward a little bit so my question is to to you is for 
is, 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 you know, if you could say to your younger self, mm. give them a piece of advice, what would that be? Just, you know, for, for all those who are starting up bands and wanting to kind of make it work as, as a well, musician. I think for music, advice? I would say to people, pursue your interests. Mm -hmm. um, pursue things that you find you are passionate about. Yeah. Um, don't worry too much about what other people think. Mm -hmm. Do take on board things from people who give useful feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But essentially, I wish I could tell myself, um, and it's something I still have to remind myself frequently, is just pursue the things that you want to do. Mm. The nice thing about music, maybe as opposed to acting, this might be interesting to get your point of view on it, is that mm. music you can enjoy mm. on your own. Mm. You know, playing guitar in your bedroom, mm. you know, it can give you a lot of joy. Mm. You don't always, you don't, it doesn't have to be in front of other people, it doesn't have sure. to be commercially successful. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think, and further to pursuing your interest, you know, things that fascinate you. Mm. Fascination is so important. If you're not fascinated by something, I don't think you really see it through. Sure. I don't think you see things through to completion in the same way you do if something fascinates you. Um, absolutely. That's a really lovely point. I fascination. Fasc yeah, absolutely. That's, this is why what keeps dun, me dun, interested. Dun, 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 dun. There are things that don't fascinate me don't in music and I haven't pursued them. And that's good. There are other people fascinated by those things and they pursue and make amazing things. Mm -hmm. um, and then further to that, um, then pursue what fascinates you and then pursue your voice. Mm. Something I, I love about music, and I'm sure it applies to acting as well, is that when someone's very good at what they do mm. artistically, there's not a huge barrier between what they're trying to tell you and you receiving it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, a really amazing um, guitarist or, you know, let's take... Someone like Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? So, you know, um, all sorts of music out there, mm -hmm. but I think this rule—I think this rule applies. I'm interested to know people's opinions. Someone like Stevie Ray Vaughan, I feel like I know him incredibly well. In, right. Like I never met him, obviously, because yeah. um, you know, different times, yeah. and he, he died so, so young and so tragically. Oh, yeah. um, and he had such a clear artistic voice yeah. in what he did. So much so that when you hear him playing, you can identify him very, very quickly, right. whether you're into blues or guitar or not. Sure. I think it's pretty, it just speaks so clearly. And also there's so much of him in it. Yep. You know, he pursued the blues. Yep. He was fascinated by the blues and he just went right for it. You know, he didn't branch out into, as far as I know, he didn't branch out into... He didn't diversify. He didn't diversify. I mean, he might have done, maybe he didn't show the world his jazz fusion project. <laughs> I don't know, but what I've heard of him is very much blues-based and based on the music of his heroes, sure. which he took to another place and gave, put his own voice in it. And so he had that clear artistic voice and it, is, it just cuts like a knife. You just hear it and you just, you're just right there with him and what he's trying to tell you. And that's hard, I think, in music, you know, especially instrumental music, because music is abstract, mm. you know. It's um, to get emotion across through sound waves coming together in various forms is mm. Mm. always a bit kind of miraculous mm. to me. Mm. Um, and, then, and then obviously with singers, um, you know, and you listen to, you know, that Etta James song, At Last? Sure, yeah. You know, that is, you just feel like she, you, she is just talking 
right to you. There's yeah. no barrier between, you know, you're not, you're not looking at the speakers, you're not thinking about the, you know, the CD going round or, you know, or the vinyl, whatever it might be. You know, she is just, she is, she's found her artistic voice mm. um, and it's coming right at you. And you yeah. feel like you just know something about her and her experience, yeah. even though I've never met her. Sure. You know, and, and that... That's deep connection, and, isn't it? And finding, you know, your artistic voice is a lifelong pursuit. And sure. a lot of people don't, don't get that. I mean, you know, personally, I'm still working towards it, I think. Cause Great. As you might have noticed, I've got a broad range of interests, so I, mm. <laughs> I don't really yeah, know yeah, for sure. what to uh, focus in on. And, that, and that's fine, but that's, too. But, yeah, that's not... But it's, it's in the world of music, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I said, I don't have any other hobbies, so it's yeah. probably, probably in the right ballpark. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I, my, my favourite musicians, they all, they all have their voice. You f I feel like you're almost like John Bonham as a drummer. Mm. When I was learning... I learned drums first. That was the first... No, I, well, actually, I did not know that. I learned flute first, but I gave that up What? I, did, yeah, I didn't like it. Oh. I didn't. Now that you've got those beatboxing flutists, haven't you? You do, yeah. Quite yeah. fun to be enabled. Anyway, so um, you did so drums. So I did John drums, Bonham. John Bonham quickly. From like, Led Zeppelin. Exactly, yes. yeah. It quickly became a huge influence as he was on most people. It's pretty mm. ubiquitous, sort of everyone's favourite drummer, and for good reason. Uh, rock drummer, that is. Mm. Um, and yeah, it got to the point with me and Neil in the band, we were at school together, we'd be listening to Led Zeppelin, maybe something we weren't that familiar with, and we just had a feeling we knew what he'd do next. Yeah. And that's because his voice was so clear. Mm. We kind of thought, we kind of felt like we got to know his decision-making process, which sure. is what he was doing a drum part. Sure. Might not even been that thought out, but it was just, it was just him, yeah. you know, through the drums. Yeah. And so, you know, we had both guessed that he was going to do a, you know, a, a certain kind of uh, drum fill or something sure, at the end sure. of the section and we both sort of air drum it out and sometimes it would fit and sometimes yeah. it wouldn't but it would just <laughs> it be became this this thing you saw we knew his his uh sound world so sure, well sure, his sure. approach to it sure you get to know someone you actually know yeah. them personally yeah, you know yeah, and that yeah. that is that's incredible yeah, yeah that's interesting because i think with acting you kind of want to avoid that interesting because you want to be playing different characters and so mm. you don't want to have that kind of like oh I know what it's going to do next thing you want the surprise so like mm. with a very good actor like Gary Oldman you mm. you kind of I don't know if there is that I mean I'd love for people to kind of comment in on this and, and say something about this but with Gary Oldman who I think is one of the greatest actors of our generation you, you kind of don't want you want a surprise you want to you want to go and see a film and go oh, oh that's, that's not Gary Oldman that's that's somebody different. That's that's Winston Churchill. Oh right, but it's Gary Oldman playing it. Whereas with Tom Cruise, it's, this is the flip side because I personally love a Tom Cruise film. Oh yeah, um, you know, but you know what you're getting with Tom Cruise. It's pure entertainment. Yeah, yeah, straight to the veins. And you sort of know where he's going next. But he's, a, I think, I personally think he's a great actor. Mm. He just does a lot of similar stuff um which is fine you know but when he's stepped out and done things like magnolia which is an incredible film oh great film and he i think was nominated for an oscar for that, mm. Mm. Uh, you that soundscape is... as well flipping egg and 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 sound design in that film is, yeah. is quite yeah, extraordinary and the composition for that too was great but like with tom cruise there is this kind of oh, i know a tom cruise i know mm. where he's going mm. so it's it's is it that personality thing that you've kind of got, or or is it know? like with someone like Daniel? I said Daniel Dave Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. 
Um, let's, let's rename him. So, uh, Sir Daniel Dave Lewis. I don't think he's, so he's Paul he's Thomas Anderson again. Oh, yeah. There Will Be Blood. Yeah. He, obviously, I don't, I'd never seen him in anything like that. I mean, he hasn't done that many films, really, has he? Uh, no, he's, no, he's not. Um, no, no, compared with Tom Cruise, he's done like 50. Yeah. I mean, he's, he Dan seems Davis to just... probably done about 20, 25. Um, but his character in that is very, um, what's the word? Dramatic? Do you know what I mean? Like it's very intense. Um, intense. I've not seen it all the way through, so I can't give a full comment on it. Uh, but okay. like, well, I'd be interested because I feel like with him, the the artistic voice is there. Sure. But he's channeling into. I guess it's about communication. Sure. You know, he's communicating to you as a character, mm. but it's incredibly clear. Mm. Um, and maybe it just has to be more. Uh, disguised and more nuanced mm. as an actor mm, in mm. terms of the voice because it isn't just you it's a character written by someone else well indeed yeah um so i guess it's a whole different approach but and you've got the visual impact as well because yeah. that's oh i can see that the visual, the that's visual performance Dave Lewis. the physical performance yeah 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 but i'm totally out of my depth because i know nothing no but that's an, that's a, but that's an interesting comment isn't it mm. that you know that you see you 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 consume films and and lots of people consume films so there's there's always a valid comment on that mm. and, but in terms of being an actor and like what you want to achieve as an actor is you want again you want to tell, be able to help aid and tell a story mm. that people connect with yeah whereas i'm not sure i want them necessarily to connect with me and mm. what i do necessarily but i want them to connect with the story and the character that's being told or, yeah. or, or the the journey that i want to take people on not not because it's me or it's benedict cumberbatch mm. do you know what i mean so we watched a film out of africa oh yeah a few weeks ago never seen it before heard it was a classic so yep. it's meryl streep and robert redford yes and Meryl Streep in it, we, me and my wife were so aware it was Meryl Streep the whole time. In fact, yeah. we didn't call her her name. We called her Meryl when okay. we were talking about it. Um, but she's just incredible in it. Yeah. But at the same time, we're very aware it's her. But yeah. She's playing this incredible character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, based on true story. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know, there's a kind of a conflict there because it's sort of, you're very aware it's Meryl Streep. It's obviously mm -hmm. her face mm -hmm. and her very poised um, incredibly accomplished acting style mm, mm. to a layman like me um, and to many accomplished <laughs> actors who would totally agree with you that's what I've heard that's what yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but for me I just watch her and I'm just I'm, I'm in the character already you believe her I, I just believe her yeah. even though I'm very yeah. aware it's like Tom Hanks as well yeah yeah like yeah, Tom yeah, Hanks absolutely. could probably he could do like a crisp commercial and I'd probably cry yeah just because it's Tom Hanks and there's, there's a humanity to him that is just... Waldo! That's not Waldo, is Waldo? it? Waldo? Wilson. Wilson, that's Wilson. it. <laughs> Wilson the Crisp. Walkers! Walkers. Yeah. Walkers! <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, Tom yeah, Hanks yeah. Could, could read almost anything. I was compared to Tom Hanks not too long ago. <sighs> just by looks. Well, not, yeah. Not by acting striking, ability. <laughs> striking blue eyes. Does Tom Hanks have, have blue eyes? I think he does, yeah. Okay, could be that. Probably. And also just a, just a on your sleeve humanity. That's right. That's me in a nutshell. No, not really. Out of a nutshell. Or out of the nutshell. That's because we want to be that as actors and creatives. Out of the nutshell. Not in the norm. Anyway, you had this wonderful experience with Tom Cruise and... Not Tom Cruise. Uh, mm -hmm. Not Tom Hanks. It was Robert Redford and, <laughs> and Meryl Streep. I had a wonderful experience with, with Rob and Mel. Meryl. 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 What do you think her nickname is? 
Merle. Mel? Mel. <laughs> or street? Street. Street. Why yeah. street? M&S. Marilyn Street. Yeah, so, yeah, so you noticed that, that she was telling this story, but it was her and not mm. her. And it was very... There was a believability about it and yeah. you connected with her. Yeah, that's it. It's but a, you knew it was her. It was the connection, the accessibility yeah. of it. Yeah. You're just in there with... Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. And I think that's what all actors want to strive for. Interesting. You know, and, and it's very difficult to kind of strike that yeah. balance. It's, it's a hard difficult. thing to do. I mean, yeah. c- communication. Yeah. Something we're all, Indeed. all learning how to well, be better at that. So, uh, as, a, as a musician. Do you know what, Tom? What? We've done a lot here. We have. We've covered a lot of bases and... Um, how long are we on? We're on 40 minutes. Yeah, look at that. Easy to chat. Easy yeah. to chat about this stuff. Tom Pink, sound designer, composer, guitarist, musician extraordinaire. Too um, kind. It's, uh, it's a very great privilege to have you Hobbyist. on this show. Hobbyist. <laughs> Hobbyist? <laughs> um, and thank you for your comments on the acting world, but also on, on the film world, you know, and that's, that's a... That's a an interest of yours as well in terms of thinking about how to communicate story through through music and, mm. and sound. Oh, I love it. I love it. Absolutely. It's, it's and, that, but, but, and, that, and that idea of fascination mm. and that, your lovely piece of advice about how being fascinated with something, like mm. being fascinated with the craft of acting, be fascinated with it, you know, immerse yourself Absolutely. in it as it were. And with music, you know, your pursuit of music. And, and okay, so that's great. No, oh, that's, that's gold. I'm getting gold out of this show. Hey? Great. Yeah, love it. So thank you very, very thank much. Thank you so much for Is talking to Is there any shout-outs you want to make? Is there anything you want to say? Have I done them all for you? Um, shout-out to my wife. Yeah. Blah, blah, boo, boo, boo. Um, and to my band. Pew, pew, pew. pew. Um, to my mum. Oh, right. Pew, pew, pew. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Right, cool. Yeah. Nice. There's, there's a few hits there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, do check out Flight, Flight Brigade. Not Fire Brigade. Not fi- the, the Flight Brigade. No, not the Flight Brigade. It's not even the Flight Brigade. It's just, just Flight, Flight Brigade. Brigade. Um, second album coming out soon. Lovely single out at the moment called Brainwave. Dedicated and written about uh, one of the band members' siblings. Yes. Um, mm which is a very tender, lovely story behind that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go and buy it on or stream it or whatever you kids do these Just days. Just get it. Just get it. If you can. I'm going to be playing it constantly <laughs> on my live streams. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to hear it enough through me anyway. But again, Tom, I'm going to have to get you back on the show. Like all, all these other people, you know. So not interviewing an actor today, but that's okay because... I like to interview other epic people as well. So, thank you, Tom, and thank you for your advice and, and wisdom and your candour and clarity. Just, yeah, big fan of yours, and uh, oh, look you. forward to seeing Flight Brigade overtake Coldplay. Not that I'd ever compare you to Coldplay, because you're better than Coldplay. Overtake them on the, um, the M1. That's it. That's it. See, all right, guys, well, we're better than you. We can fill a stadium better than you. <laughs> That's one thing I do want to say, actually, is I do see you in filling out stadiums and playing, which is great. Just, just, just whatever you do, 
cut this podcast off right now and go and listen to some Flight Brigade and buy all their music. If you and, want and to. And go, go and support. No, 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 not if they want to. Just do it. Go and support Flight Brigade at concerts because that's how you make money, isn't it? Concerts, gigs and stuff like that. Make, make money? Oh, yeah. Um, there's a thing. You have to explain that to me. Well, afterwards. trees, they have these funny trees and like money kind of, you have to pay a lot of money uh, for the trees. So it's kind of a catch-22 system. Okay. Um, anyway, I think I've probably made this more weirder than it should have been. Tom? That's your niche. That's <laughs> weirdness. <laughs> Making things weirder than they were or needed to be. <laughs> Oh boy. That is your wheelhouse. Oh right, that's it. Uh, yeah, I can't say anything else. So again, thanks Tom for coming in. You're welcome. Your Pleasure. Hero. Lots of love. Big respect for you. Bye guys. Bye. Intro, outro music. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mr. Self Tape Interviews. If you liked it, give it a share. Or 85. Thanks to Flight Brigade for the music, and thank you to Tom Pink for producing this. Go well. Until next time. Bye.